Welcome back to another episode of Hobby Time in the Murder Basement, where today I sit down with my personal favorite miniature artist, Chris Surrey. Such a sweet guy. And if you were listening to this interview on a podcast, you should hop over to YouTube because we go through his Instagram and talk about his pieces in detail. Stick around, we have a great chat. Thank you for joining me today, Chris, in the murder basement. If you have not stumbled on uh, Chris Surrey's classes at Adepticon or Warfare Weekend or have uh, been on his Instagram page, uh, you have you have done the Internet wrong and you've done the hobby wrong. Um, I was really embarrassed. My first introduction to Chris Surrey it was in his interview with the artist uh, with Vince Venturella. So I am actually still new to your style and form, but uh, after seeing your work, uh, it has changed the way I perceive our hobby. So one, thank you for doing that for me, and thank you for joining me today, Chris. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. So one of the the, the first things that I'm going to say about your artwork, and this is like, I'm not blowing smoke here. You're probably one of the first people that I actually can look at your pieces and say that is a piece of artwork uh, instead of uh, like, you know, for me, like painting sometimes, even though it's artistic, it feels like I'm just like painting by numbers. I'm tracing, you know, what, whatever uh -huh. your yours have like this heart and soul and this life to them that uh i had never seen before like it it bl absolutely blew me away so uh uh i i don't even know where to start on how you figured out how to do that but i want to know your secrets sir <laughs> <laughs> um wow i mean first off thanks that's uh that's a huge compliment um boy how did i get to that um i don't i don't know i mean uh like pieces pieces do get like a part of your heart and soul right i mean after like certain ones and stuff like that i mean um like you were mentioning the instagram and like this year i've been trying to do this thing where every week I'm putting up this is what I did the last week and stuff like that so people can kind of see what happens and I'm hoping what people kind of see are some of the things that go on behind the scenes for me and then I actually think for other people too I think other artists are probably that way too but like for every one project that you end up seeing at the end and it's like all done and people are like hey this thing looks great there's like 5, 10, 15 that somehow started and then just died <laughs> you know, and and it's just because they didn't capture that desire, and so they just kind of fall by the wayside. And that's that's not necessarily a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, um, there's this uh, really really great uh, miniature art artist out there. His name's Two uh, uh, K. Um, first name's T U E, and last name's I think it's K A E. Maybe it's K A E E. But um, he's a European, but he has this philosophy with the pieces he does that things just have like this this life of their own, and when it's done, it's just done. So he'll he'll even comment that sometimes he'll he'll paint on something for like two three weeks, do all this work on it, and he's like, it's done. And I just set it to the side and I move on to the next thing, no matter how polished the actual finished thing is. Nice. And uh, yeah, and I'm just I mean, I kind of when I first heard that, I kind of started taking that to heart, and you know. Uh, yeah, so that, that's kind of what I think people are seeing maybe a little bit on the Instagram now is they're seeing sometimes I build something, sometimes I build something and put a little paint on it. Sometimes I just grab a figure out of the case and throw a little paint on it just to do something different for the day. Sure. But, you know, and I have all this intention of finishing it, but it just never happens. <laughs> well, then, I mean, you do like like these like weekly updates have been super inspiring, especially through coronavirus land. You know, it's just like. Oh, thank God. Somebody is actually doing something. I feel like I'm learning like uh -huh. steps. I'm seeing that little behind the scenes because like, 
it, like I didn't get near as much stuff done as I wanted to, but I was absolutely living vicariously for <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously back in January, we, none of us had any idea this was really going to be like this. Um, <laughs> and and I honestly had started doing it just because, uh, like, what, 20, 2019 just was kind of like a flop for me. Like, um, you know, Adepticon came to an end and I put out some pieces there that I was really, really super proud of. And I think they were really pretty well received. I mean, you know, they didn't win an award or anything like that, but I, I still was very happy with them. And I think other people really enjoyed them, too. So I, I was sure. totally, totally fine with that. That's that's what the, kind of the goal is, you know. But as soon as those ended, because it was such a big project, it just like drained everything for me. Yeah. And then it was just like floundering from one project to another or sometimes uh, going days without doing anything. And so this was supposed to, you know, this is kind of like that idea of like what some, what some people do with like their weight management, you know, it's like, this is my weekly accountable thing. I was like, <laughs> okay, if I start being accountable, then, you know, maybe I'll, I'll be a little bit more productive. And it's been, it's been weird and fun. I think there's only one week, there was one week, um, I don't that I think I didn't do the update like I put something up and I said I'm really really sorry I'm totally sick and I can't do it this week <laughs> you know I was like you know that was like miserable but the rest of the ones I've I've made through made sure to get all of them done so but I mean yeah that's part of it like I mean like even honestly today there was a part of time today where uh during my lunch break I was sitting down I started flipping through like Facebook and I'm listening to music it's like you know what you're supposed to be painting because you're gonna have to be accountable on Monday so you better do something <laughs> so you still paint at work on your lunch breaks, correct? I do. That, that's what that I do. Is, that's one of the best things I've ever heard. And uh, if you ever are lucky enough to take a class with Chris, you will see his wet palette. It's not one of these little tiny red grass things. It is the big Masterson's ginormous wet palette. And I can just imagine like lugging that thing around where like, you're like, I'm working today. <laughs> Leave me yeah. alone. <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's, it gets even worse because it's that. <laughs> And then it's one of those like P3 paint bags on the shoulder. And then yeah. it's the case. And sometimes it's my giant case because I've got a big thing in there. And so I bring that all in. But I mean, my the people in my office just expect it every day. If I show sure. up without it, they think there's something wrong. Yeah, like, oh, are you okay, Chris? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they're like, oh, are you leaving early today? Or, you know. I, I am like super envious. Like, I have... The only times uh, I've been able to get away with bringing paint to work is on Saturdays when no one's there. And now that uh, coronavirus has like taken over, I we just aren't even open on Saturdays. So I just work oh. at home on Saturdays. I'm like, OK, I'm doing it. And it's like a guaranteed you know, hobby time for me. Yeah, I mean, really, that's what it is for me. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have my own office there. And so it's one hour pretty much guaranteed of just quiet and zen and work. You know, put that's some paint on awesome. something. That's so cool. That's so cool. So w w let's see. When I last saw you, you had just finished or were like almost done with the squigs. And, yeah. and when I saw the squigs... I was like, oh, like the photos are magic, but when uh -huh. you see it in person and you realize that like it's just paint on plastic and like you see it and you're like the mechanically you're trying to figure out how it's together. You're like, I, I think I could execute this, but then you look at it again and you realize that there is a life to and motion to the squigs. Like you somehow managed to capture something in that, that like left me like sleepless for like a couple nights like i i was wondering about it because like i was trying to explain it to my paint group here i was like i just like you gotta see it in person there's just something about it that like i've never seen anybody work on a piece like this and have like an outcome that is so evocative in person and you know like because i'm new to the hobby i didn't get to see any of the big crystal brush things i uh -huh. you know i'm I'm probably never going to make it over to what is it spain that has the the big one uh over there or uh italy yeah italy they yeah have, they, they have monty yeah monty yeah i probably will never do that <laughs> um so like i i live and die by these small regional cons to see <laughs> see what everybody's doing and it was like it was it was life-changing like just flat out like i was like oh this is 
way more special than it has like than than you can even put into words. And that and that's when I I, I realized that I was like miniatures can be art. Oh so yeah. How how yeah. do you look at miniatures and pick which ones are art? Like how do <laughs> what makes the thing? What inspires you about them? Um boy, I mean I think usually what it ends up being for me, at least starting, the starting point is usually a story. Like looking at a particular miniature or a couple of miniatures or something like that and having like this idea start to develop about like maybe what they were doing or what's going on. Um, I love uh, pouring through like 2D art type things. Um, and so like, I mean, uh, one of my rituals I kind of started with in January was trying to at least spend like maybe 15 to 30 minutes a day going through Pinterest and just looking mm-hmm. at the various like 2d arts and stuff like that to kind of, you know, sure. get these inspirations and stuff like that. So a lot of times it'll end up just being like seeing a miniature and being like, okay, I like, you know, I like the rough idea with this. Where would I put him? What is he or she doing? And then the idea starts coming together. And that's usually when I break out like the sketchbook and start, you know, sketching ideas in there and stuff like that. Um, like uh, kind of just talking about like, you know, recent events and stuff like that. Uh, uh, what's it? Uh, Big Child Creatives just finished the Kickstarter. And their Kickstarter is like on uh, figures from like Camelot. Uh, so okay. they like, have like Morgana Le Fay, the Green Knight. Arthur, those type of things, you know. Are these those those seventy five millimeter resin yeah. models? Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I I avoided that like the plague because I did not need it. I was like, oh, no, no, was... no, don't do it, Heath. Don't do it because I wanted him. I wanted yeah. him bad. No, the very first day they put up a picture of Morgana, I was like, I'm in. <laughs> hasn't even started. I'm in. And uh, like I mean, like so, like one of the ones that's currently like rattling around my head that I'm waiting for those miniatures for is I'd love to do like say take Morgana because I think she's one of their better sculpts out of that series and mm-hmm. put her, but have her like summoning the Green Knight because they were they make the comments that the Green Knight's like her her embodiment of nature, her like Avenger, and so uh... I want to do something where it's like the two of them combined together, like you know she's raising him to to be her Avenger or something like that. And like I had seen a, a a piece of 2D art. Um, actually, in particular, this one was Brahm, um, and Brahm has a um, a painting called Morgana Le Fay, and it's uh, this really well done uh, witch um, with kind of bluish skin tones from like basically the chest down. And then mm-hmm. the thing I love about that piece is the background is a huge tree. And in the tree, there's like eight or nine knights who are all hung. And cause she's <laughs> made them as like sacrifices. Uh-huh. And so like I started combining those. And so I guess, I guess what I'm getting at is like, yeah. So like the inspiration comes from a variety of places. It comes from like seeing the miniature. It comes from like seeing previous 2d arts. It's like, you know, it's like the stories, um, and somehow that just all gets thrown together and <laughs> voila. I mean, some, like, like sometimes honestly too, like you'll come up with a story, like something you think is like a really cool idea, but there mm. won't be any way of doing it. Like there's no miniature for it. You, you know, it just doesn't exist. And so it just kind of goes into the back of the brain uh-huh. and you just let it sit and sit and sit. And then eventually the figures come up. Like for instance, this Morgana one that we're you know, talking about, like I saw that Brom piece probably three, four years ago. And had uh, always wanted to do something like that, but never had like kind of the witchy woman figure to do it with. And then all of a sudden, sure. they put that up there. And I'm like, sold. That's it. That is, <laughs> that is the piece I've been waiting for. Yeah, that like, I I wish I was like you, where I had ideas like that because I, I don't. I'm not at that point in my painting career where like I'm stockpiling ideas so much as I'm stockpiling. Uh, techniques that I want to uh, uh-huh. employ on models and things like that. Um, you know, when when I saw your dragon piece, the the big one where where the woman uh, is like like cradling the dragon's head as it's uh-huh. like on the rock in the waves, yeah. and I was like thinking about the scales and how you did just like the texture on the the dragon. It made me realize that I have never tried anything like that. Like, I'll get weird with colors and things, but only if, like, the model, like, like the texture on the model dictates me to do that. Otherwise, uh-huh. like, if it's a big, smooth area, I'm just going to go big, smooth. And uh, that's 
a really boring way to paint you know like <laughs> like it's technically you can get beautiful blends but like uh -huh. it's visually not super interesting so like that's where i'm at in my my career where i'm like like what how can i do this this thing now like what what is this new technique that i'm gonna do uh -huh. uh, and so it feels like when i do have an idea it is solely around the the model that i have because like i literally don't have enough room in my head to do technique and concept like uh -huh. it's one or the other right now <laughs> you will it, 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 i think it happens to everyone you just keep doing it and, and that stuff automatically starts coming to you but i mean even like techniques like i mean there, there's times I've, I've definitely picked a model totally for the sole purpose of just trying that technique on it like oh, yeah. um yeah, yeah like uh like recently let's hear like recently ben comets had this thing on his patreon where it was non-metal metallic practice and he gave you a file you could then use in a 3d printer to make the glove itself that he was using so uh -huh. i did that with the sole purpose of just practicing non-metal metallic that recent big child like orc i started messing with like last week and everything the the dragon king or whatever mm -hmm. part of that's really just to do non-metal metallic on him because he's got like this big like metal skirt or whatever Okay. And so it was just to kind of play around with that idea. It wasn't is, anything more. Is that on your Instagram? It is. Yeah, it's actually on the most recent, like, oh. uh, or probably oh. the most recent, I think. Hey. Yeah. We're, we're, let, let's use that as our nice segue into sharing screen mode. Okay. We're going to start sharing and we'll go over to your wonderful Instagram page. Well, let's, uh, sorry, all of you audio podcast people. I'm very sorry that you, uh, are not seeing uh, like seeing all this beautiful artwork. We'll try to uh, you know talk about it uh, in descriptive terms. But um, what you're talking about is in this uh, first first window here with uh, the the like scale dress or the scale. Yeah, like his like skirt or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. That, I mean that's that's part of the reason for picking him up was just to kind of play around with doing that non-metal metallic and practicing that skill a little a little bit it's an excellent way to do that i mean because that has absolutely has that scale iridescent color uh and you know like i think the problem with me like non-metallic metals is because i am such like a comic book anime fan uh, when I when I go to do a non-metallic metal, instead of like these, you've all have everything toned so dark here. Uh -huh. I always go like it's got to be yellow, <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got to have a little white spot. But then I forget like getting this dark or bringing uh -huh. greens into golds. You know, like like steel, I could uh, eventually you know stumble my way through it. But gold, for some reason, is like the one thing that just kills me absolutely so, kills me so recently something i kind of found i think that works for me on gold i kept trying to go yellow on the gold uh-huh and really it's not it's more of like mustard like it's really more of this like kind of desaturated yellow like a little like, bit of grayed out and that seemed to Poupon. really kind of help yeah yeah honestly yeah, yeah it's like great poop on yeah, i mean yeah. in in trying to change it to be more of that color than the yellow seems to actually help quite a bit uh see like my my problem is is like when i get the contrast in there like i then do something dumb like i bust you know bust out the like monument hobbies uh translucent uh yellow and i'm like i'm just uh, gonna like hit it with a yellow coat over top of it and that way the dark's still there and the light's still there but like that translucent yellow, yes, is translucent, but it r removes all the bright contrast. So then it just like goes back to like Disney princess yellow and uh, <laughs> and it, which is like fine if that's uh -huh. what the model goes. But like when you got things like this going on, you know, where you have like this heavy cloth contrast with just like neon yellow right next to it it doesn't work you know like you right. you have to the trade-off isn't there yeah yeah and it's all it's all kind of like about balance right like you gotta have uh you gotta have like your you know warm color cold color you have to have your saturated color your desaturated color yeah 
So, and I, I think that was kind of the thing with the golds. Like, I kept trying to put like pure yellow into them, which made them really, <laughs> really saturated. But then that was right. always working against me. So, I think that's kind of why the great poupon yellow seems to be working better. <laughs> well, and it's almost not even an ochre. Like, it's like it's closer to an ochre yellow, but yeah. it's it's still not. Like, it's it's got to be softer for some reason. And I can't I can't quite. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Yeah, keep working on it. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how long did this model here take you to get to this point? Like how many lunch breaks was this? Oh, uh, what's his name? Dragon King here? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say that was maybe, maybe two hours. It was, a quick, it, was, it, was a, it was a quick little thing. Yeah, but I do want to make sure I give credit out. Um, who is the, uh, I cannot recall which artist originally did this for Big Child, but I totally would just pulling up his picture and looking at it and going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. To try to like be like, okay, listen, I was like, okay, you know, I would go back and forth and look at it for a little bit and like, okay, this is what I think I'm supposed to do. And I do it and then I look at his and I was like, yeah, it's close, but this is a little bit different. So I'll change that. Yeah, his does look better, you know, and that, I guess that's why he made that decision back and forth, back and forth. So, um, like, I don't want to give the impression that, like, I came up with all these colors. I mean, I looked at his and I was like, okay, this, these are the colors to start with. Let's kind of play around with that and just work on the technique. But, I mean, it's it's really it's really just a sketch in a way. Like, I mean, if you really, like, zoom in on him and that, the only thing that's even close to being done is basically that chunk of the skirt and a little bit of, like, the sword handle like kind of next to him like the kind sure, of the sure. looking. that's it i mean the rest of it's like just you know it's basically wet on wet blending very very quick and that's pretty much it but even still i mean like besides this being your standard turquoise color which you love so much i do uh, and, i do and, have and a I can, thing for turquoise and I, yeah i cannot fault you on that you 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 use it to great effect uh i mean like so many people like this level of like painting like is more than they will ever like attempt to do and to to know that you can do this you know just like sketching back and forth between you know uh, uh, some con you know uh, the concept art to this is pretty amazing like uh, oh, nice. uh so what what paint lines are you using mainly it's almost it, it well no it's oh, a it's almost photo. 100 huh? oh yeah it's almost 100% uh, Chimera and Scale 75s. And then there's a little bit of P3 thrown in for a few areas. Um, but it's almost all Chimera and Scale 75. They both make a really, really great product. It's a very highly pigmented paint. Mm -hmm. um, I got them first time a little over a year ago. I have to admit, if, when you first start using them, there's a certain kind of like... Um, mixing or chalkiness to them that you kind of have to learn to play with a little bit sure. so it takes a little bit of time but once you can start kind of getting over that and figuring out how to mix them they are they are phenomenal paints the i am doing my first piece right now in the chimera set and i'm having i'm having some like struggles with it because i'm not I'm not mixing to the level that I should. I should be having more fun with it and I'm just kind of playing with it in their like purest form to see like how bright is this red or uh -huh. like this like uh magenta like if I if I use that in shadows on the red uh which actually turns out really cool you know uh -huh. like I I'm I'm essentially trying to like paint uh uh Kaneda's bike from uh uh akira okay. <laughs> essentially yeah. and so i'm like playing with all those like super bright red colors and you know by the end of like a couple hours i'm like well this looks silly i'm gonna do this again <laughs> yeah no i mean and, well like uh, a lot of it's just experimenting right like um not i i hope i don't come off as like i'm trying to name drop during this thing. no no absolutely um, but i'm not. just i just mentioning like a couple of names because like these are definitely artists that other folks i think like have taught me a lot so i would like for other you know other people should check them out and stuff like that but like one of them being alfonso banshee you know oh, who, banshee, who does yeah. a lot yeah he you know I've, I've had the pleasure of taking a class with him i do his patreon because he's he's incredibly really really great um but one thing he mentions like in his book and mentions in person person a lot if you want to learn you need to fail 
like failures yeah. <laughs> will teach you a lot more than success as well. And he's absolutely right. Like if you're if you're doing do a piece and you're not willing to kind of take some risk on it and do some try to do some unique things and potentially fail, you're you're not going to grow nearly as much or as quickly as if you just took the risk and went for it. Right, right. Uh, you know, and I think that you know failing. So many people look at failing as like I ruined the model. And I don't know where that yeah. mentality comes from, because like unless if you like lit it on fire and then <laughs> threw it away, <laughs> like I just don't know how you could actually really ruin any of these. Like even if you're sloppy you with the glue, like like you take every single model and you modify it. You rarely paint I, things just out of the box, right? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think for the last couple of years, yeah, I'm actually trying to do a little bit more, just enjoy the model and paint it the way it is. <laughs> I mean, I've been trying to do that a little bit more. But um, yeah, like um, uh, I, I tell this story um, to try to help, I think, people lose fear and stuff like that. So I think one of the, the first piece, pieces that got like people's attention with stuff I did was that uh, How to Train Your Dragon piece, which is that one with the blue dragon with the girl with it and everything. And right. I'll um, pull it up while you're talking about okay. it. So, yeah. yeah. And so that uh, that dragon is actually um, one uh, made by Carol Rudick. Um, and uh, Carol, you know, so that, you know, I had seen that dragon. I was really interested in it. And, uh, you know, so I bought it and everything like that. And I was I was basically just on a painted the way it kind of kind of, you know, uh, came or whatever. And so, up um, oh, there he is on the left. There um, he is. And so it's just I'm basically painting him up the way he came and everything like that. And then I started having this idea of putting him with the girl and stuff like that. But it was don't require a lot of modification. There was a time like in a, it was like December uh, before that crystal brush, and I realized that I was gonna have to modify him a lot to make him work with the girl. And so I took like a hacksaw to him and cut him in numerous places, and then <laughs> sent photos to my friends, basically saying, "What the hell have I done? I just cut up like a two hundred dollar model, and I have no <laughs> idea if I can actually ever put it back together." Yeah, but uh, once you've done something like that, you kind of lose that fear. You're like, I can't, I can't fuck this up. You know, yeah, you're like, no I can't going you know, back, man. There's no going back. So I mean, you're like, well, you know, and and so that started becoming the thing. Like, I mean, I would modify models. I'd try to paint them in different colors. I'd I'd cut them up and reposition them because I'm like, you know what? You can figure it out. You can you can roughly get them back together. And I mean, you know, a a little insider trick or whatever. Let's say you cut something, you put it back together, it doesn't look quite right. Well, when you build the base or something like that, just put a little something around that area to kind of hide that joint or, you know, <laughs> kind of distract a little bit and people ignore it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that is a really, really good... Uh, oh, while I'm here, I'm going to like that photo. Uh, <laughs> I think that's really good advice because... Y the the landscapes that you make are so evocative and living you know as well as all of the creatures the people like it all feels very um uh you know thought out like it, it doesn't have that like stream of consciousness sort of idea like you your composition is something that is kind of unparalleled you know and i think that there's some new people uh or people that have been doing it for a while that are you know uh you know pushing the boundaries now or maybe i'm just now seeing them or, or uh -huh. that is the type of painting i want to see more of but um you know it, when i see your pieces i know they're your pieces i'm like oh yeah that's that's a chris surrey piece for sure and, and yeah. earlier when i was talking about like the texture on your dragon it was specifically right here on the wings uh -huh. being able to see like the like kind of modeled surface that that it isn't it isn't there and you use this like really yeah. beautiful color modulation between uh you know like fleshy tones and the blue tones to create your shadows but also create the 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 texture like that is something right now that like is like that is what i'm trying to do i'm trying to well, make make whatever i'm painting have that same sort of like uh this this could be a tangible thing you know uh -huh. Well, do you want to talk about that for a second? Sure, let's talk about that. Okay. Well, I mean, okay. So, kind of, kind of a couple of things. So, so one, um, you were mentioning earlier, earlier, like blending, like a big, large, smooth surface and stuff like that. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the things I think with with painting is, um, I mean, you want to learn skills for 
for like all aspects, right? Like you want to try to master as much of it as you can so you can apply different techniques and stuff like that. But it's also important to play up what you're good at and mm-hmm. to sometimes try to shy away from maybe what you know you're not so good at, especially if you're <laughs> going to be like, this one's going to competition. Right. I, I am not great at blending. I I feel like I mean I feel like I do okay with it. I probably do better now than I used to. But like one of the greater tricks is hey, you got a big surface area. If the thing has texture on it, if it has these rough spots, it hides mistakes. It hides um and, and visually your eye will blend it. Like if um um, like a, you know, instead of say doing something like two brush blending or glazing or something like that, you can even blend by doing dots. And if you put the dot dot dots close enough together and insert an amount, the eye automatically takes them and melds the two of them together. Yeah, and oh, so it's that old silk screen technique where you, yeah. you know, do two and, color collisions and your brain makes green even though green wasn't there. It's your blue and your le- yellow, and you're like, ah, this is yep. beautiful. Yeah, and so that's what, I mean, like, honestly, when I was working on this piece, I remember painting it, and I'm pretty sure the whole entire uh, wings started that basic kind of tanny yellow flesh color. I think Uh they were entirely that. And I'm, like, looking at it, I was like, this looks like crap. And I was like, okay, well, (laughs) what if you slap some of this on there? And I slapped, like, some magenta on there or something like that. It's like, that looks at least a little bit more alive. And I mean, I think the long point of it is those wings, they did not start looking like that. It's not like I put in, like, some paint. I'm like, add these little dots and this and that. It was layers upon layers upon layers of like different trials and failures and then it just somehow finally meld together like i mean um like you know i would draw like the little like say veins in and they look good but if you put the veins in and then you put a oh i don't know three four layers of another color over them lighter it actually makes it look like they sink into the flesh um, right. Or like another thing with the wings too, you like you notice how like the outer portion of them are blue, right? Um, the idea there is I don't want you to look at that, right? I want you to look at the the main part of the dragon. So right. by making that kind of dusky and colder in that, it pushes your eye more towards the center and keeps you where I want you instead of being like, hey, look over here at the side because you know if you look over at the side, it might be kind of pretty, but then there's nothing else to look at and you kind <laughs> right. of lose interest. It's the end of the model. But it's the end, yeah. In your squigs, you did a very similar thing from mm-hmm. like the bright yellow, which like this is like day glow yellow. It is yeah. one of the, the most yellow I'm, things. But you go I'm into a sure. greenish blue underneath. But you yep. like have oranges and like all sorts of things in between the two that like the photos don't really show. Like no, <laughs> in, no, in I, person, I, when you see it, you're like, oh my god. It's yeah, I'm, I'm really, really horrible at taking photos. Like, I, I just do not get it. I mean, um, I actually literally, I actually literally got a new iPhone yesterday because I'm hoping the camera on it is better than my old crappy one, and maybe it'll help out somehow. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I, you know, I did the same with my new uh, Samsung phone, and it didn't help me uh, at all. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it takes beautiful photos, but uh, you know, I, it, I, it, it's useless in my hands. <laughs> yeah, this is a more a more complete piece. It's it's yeah. it's just so fascinating to see how uh you know these things that like you realize that you aren't good at blending, which I think I would argue that you absolutely are. It's just it's not your the the super Americanized, you know, smooth airbrush blends. You know, like yeah. if this was an oil painting, like like when I showed the squigs, the photos of the squigs to my wife, she didn't believe me that it was 3D. Like <laughs> from her art background, she was like, "This, there's no way." And I was like, "But it is." Like it's, it's, it, it, it. it, it she she was like, okay, well, maybe one of these days I'll get to see it in person. And I was like, when you do, your brain's going to hurt because of it. <laughs> like, like it's, it, yeah. you, you trick the eye in such a way. And, you know, where, you know, smooth lists, like, sm- like, I like Banshee's, you know, idea where everything oh, yeah. is, uh, you know, the, the fuck smoothness thing, I think, is, is super liberating because, you know, like, Monet is so not smooth. It actually oh, yeah, looks yeah. like it's painted through, you know, Vaseline. Uh, it, like, but yet we regard these as like timeless pieces. You know, all of the uh, the Van Gogh pieces have, you know, it, they're just like huge dollops of oil paint on a canvas. But yet, 
they are evocative and we think about them and they get stuck in our brain like it's not saying that like super smooth blends aren't important but i don't i don't think that they make the piece and and i think your stuff shows that like they just flat out like don't really matter <laughs> yeah yeah well good that's that's what i would kind of hope for <laughs> i mean like um yeah i mean like uh um, I, I think sometimes people have taken Banshee's idea and they've been like, oh, well, see, it doesn't really matter. I can just do whatever. And I don't right. think that's what he's saying. I, I think what he's saying no. is, is he wants you to be like, be free. Understand right. that just because it's not the smoothest blend does not mean it's a trashy piece of art. He's like, it can be a wonderful, fantastic thing. It's okay to have these things in there. You know, I mean, like, uh, yeah, he, uh, he does amazing things with texture. Um, like literally in one of his classes, I remember him talking about how he has this like gunman that he, I think he, I think it's for night models when he was working for them, but he did this gunman for night models where he literally put, um, I think it was metallic paint into the coat because metallic paint has those little flakes in it. And so it yeah. made the paint higher than all the other paint around it. And it was like <laughs> these type of things. You're just like, Jesus Christ, this dude is a, uh, I can't believe all these things, like all these angles he thinks of when he's doing stuff. Yeah. You know? uh, but I think that, like, I think that was his point. You know, if you're free like that, if you, you learn these things and then you apply it to your next project and your next project and so on and so forth. Yeah. Well, and like, impasto i don't necessarily look as a bad thing on models like no. you don't want to be messing up you know in like details that need to be there but sometimes those details that you want aren't there and a yeah, little dollop of it. paint is not gonna hurt anything <laughs> you know yeah. you're you're sculpting while painting and like the one of i have my business partner uh and my best friend has a uh, master's in studio sculpture and he went to the Dali Museum and there's the, the painting of the crucifixion. And, you know, his paintings are so surreal and so smooth and so blended, you know, and there's just like technical mastery on the entire painting. Mm -hmm. But the uh, loincloth that Jesus was wearing was a single dollop of titanium white, like blop. It's like a, <laughs> a single mo motion. And, and that is like the most efficient use of the paint to make this piece and it gave it its texture and you know for what he had been looking at his entire life you know it had this sh like he thought it was this like meticulous part of the painting and it wasn't it was probably the easiest part on the painting yeah and and when i think about stuff like that i'm like i think us as miniature painters are a little too we fetishize the like completely smooth surface like way too much we do <laughs> i i mean you know but like on the other hand too i think i think part of that comes from like kind of the, the like competition type thing right because like when you go to a competition the judges have to break it down somehow right like they've got to be like there's certain like techniques and stuff like that and they're like okay well we understand that this requires a certain skill level so we we award it more points even though maybe it's not the best for <laughs> that particular piece sure but we you know and so like i you know like I, I mean, I've I've never done any like big judging or anything like that, but I, I I'm under the impression that you know when they do things, they like look at they're like you know how's the piece feel, you know like how's the composition, how are the paint choices, how's the blending, how are the details, and like what's the overall effect and stuff like that. Um, but some of those are really easy to judge. Like you can look at something and be like, okay, this is either really well blended or it's not. You know, yeah. but then other things are really, really hard to judge. Like, how do you judge, like, you know, like the uh, the feeling that it causes or whatever? You, you can't, right? I mean, like, so, right. yeah. And so, I mean, uh, I'm going, I'm getting a little sidetracked here on you, but like, I mean, no, no, I, I think that that is like, like, if if we aren't able to go to conventions to be to be judged, it's just <laughs> such a harsh way to say it. Like the the constructive criticism that comes from putting yourself out there, even if you know you're going to lose, is some of the best advice you'll ever get. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. you've had somebody actually look at your piece instead of, you know, like, I, I love my wife. I show her my pieces and now she actually really looks at them. But for a really long time, she was like, that's nice, honey. I'm like, no, it looks really good. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, and that's kind of the thing with like the internet too, right? Like someone else, else put up something and you're like, that looks nice. And you're like, 
I want to say something, but do they want you to say do it? They I mean, want like, you to say and something. you're like, well, you know, I mean, you know, I've been doing it long enough. My wife is more than willing to tell me what she thinks of my pieces all the time. It's like, you're using too much turquoise. You're using the same colors, the same color again. <laughs> I love it. I love yeah. it. <laughs> but I mean, I think that having, I mean, I don't know if you're a Slayer fan, but if Slayer started breaking out acoustic guitars in every song of theirs, I would be like, where is the stew that I love that is Slayer? <laughs> like, I need the, like, I, <laughs> I need this one thing. And I think that that's, you know, the turquoise with you is that sort of, it's, it's your, it. it's your potatoes, it's your it's meat, potatoes. it's your, like, it's, yeah. It's my dark sea blue, you know, Ben Collins, <laughs> dark sea blue minus turquoise. Yeah. I, I, I need I, the turquoise. I, I don't know. I, I love it. I love it. I've, I've Even tried I using try... it. Yeah, even when I try losing it, it somehow ends up back in there. It's it's a really great color, and I need I need to do more with it because you use it instead of like as like uh, this is the color for you. It's the mood, like your yeah. pieces. It sets the mood, and that is the other part of your pieces. Uh, like, and we'll go back over to your Instagram again. We're just gonna keep on okay. doing this thing. Um, uh, back and forth and back and forth. Why not? Um, you you start off with <laughs> I I love seeing these photos of <laughs> yeah. like pieces of wood and bark and spiders and trees yeah. and nothing's See, there. <laughs> yeah, here's a perfect example. The one on the right there, the one with the spiders and everything. Uh huh. That was going to be like this GW diorama with a giant spider crawling down out of it, and like it's fighting off this like uh, what are those the new the new like wood elves or whatever. Yeah, I, I made yeah. it so far on that piece, like I had so much of it done, and I was like, no, this is crap. I totally don't like it anymore. And then it actually, I'm pretty sure that it got ripped apart, and I think the frame for that might actually be the frame I'm currently using on the on the uh, bone tithe piece. Okay. I think so, I totally ripped everything out of it and started over. The one on the left frames, like what, what, where does this come from? Because this is the stuff that, like, I'm as a picture framer, I look at this and be like, I have picture frame molding that I can just like do. But like when I see see your pieces, I'm like, what, what are these made out of? Because sure. they they look unreal. <laughs> they, they like they look too real. I don't know. Like I don't know how to explain it. Oh no, it's it's not hard. Um. So, like, uh, the pieces I did for Adepticon a while back, like Fate, the Valkyrie, Valhalla, those yeah. ones, that was kind of like, let's say, like, first generation or whatever. Like, the first attempt at trying to do something like this. First and gen boxes. The first, gen, the first gen box or whatever for me. And, like, honestly, all that is is that is a shadow box I bought at Michael's. And then it has like that outer frame is just a piece of plastic card that was cut to be that shape and then uh... paint on top of it. That's all it is. And then the more recent ones, um, like the ones we were just kind of like looking at, those are uh, are built by a friend of mine, um, Joe Orthober. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, yeah. Joe. So Joe designs the plinth for me. So like the bottom wood part. And then kind of like the giant U that sits on top of it, he also uh -huh. builds for me. It's just it's just like three wooden planks that get attached together and forms like this giant U over it. And then I cut the front, the plastic card to be what I want and put it on top of that. And then the back of it is also plastic card. And uh, so those okay. things then get primed and painted. And, and that's where you start putting in like your designs and everything. So let me see here. There's one. Okay. So here's Valkyrie, at, and you have a sketch started in the background, uh, and you know that looks like things are are being getting primed. Yeah, like, getting primed and kind of built, and I mean, yeah, it's like a transition phase. It's like you know, I'm like really bad about finishing something and then moving on to the next part, or even a lot of times, like you 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 start something, you build part of it, you paint part of it, and then you realize, ah, eh, it's not quite working right. I need this additional element. So like in this one, you know, I was just kind of coming up with this idea of sketching some clouds in the background, and then I knew I wanted to have it look like she's nope. being ripped out of the sky, but yeah, um, you know, but I I'd only built a few hands at that point, and I was like, oh, you need more. It needs to be more <laughs> of like a triangle. So then more and more got added, and so on and so forth. There, oh, 
there's here's the dragon much in a, just a big photo yeah there we go okay yeah so yeah let me there's <laughs> you have a really good work in project uh progress uh it's it's this one on the valkyrie that blew yeah. my mind and it's stuff that like when i see this and i see this final piece i don't see your green stuff or your milliput like uh -huh. right here like i i don't see that that is not my focus because you go I, through and then you you paint all your details you paint all your highlights you paint all your shadows uh and so it it becomes your canvas but then when you see like the unsmoothed out version of it later on in here like it's amazing that this turns into this like uh -huh. like your imagination can do that because i don't know if i have that yet <laughs> oh i think i think everyone's got that i really do i think i think it's just i think that's part of losing the fear i mean like um i think uh i i first what i came up with this idea this was like about a year ago so like this is like I was saying like in 2019 I was yeah like I kind of lost my motivation. This was uh -huh. like part of that motivation. Like I was like I want to do this thing, but there's th this model doesn't exist, and I'm like which one's the closest to it? And I'm like well Adriel from Beyond is, and I already painted one of her, and I really know I like the model, so I guess we'll get another one here, and we'll just kind of start chopping it up. And you know uh, I mean like this idea of sculpting all these things, I'd never done anything like that before. Um, and so it was it was a lot of trial and error i mean like the photos make it look like i went from this you know from a to b to c but really honestly it was like a1 a2 a3 a4 a5 <laughs> a16 and then he's like okay finally on to b and you know like so many repositioning somebody like take this off recut it rebuild it yeah sure sure i believe it i absolutely believe it i mean like there's no way that 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 just happens your first go <laughs> yeah yeah no it was it was a lot of back and forth and i mean like even now like looking at her there's a lot of things i'm really happy with about it but there's some things i'm not so happy about it like i i kind of feel like looking at her her abdomen is definitely a bit too long like she she looks like she's kind of stretched out like like it she's works getting pulled by giant she's hands pulled dude. Out. <laughs> yeah, they're stretching her out a little bit but like it doesn't quite match up but like it's one of those things that and as long as someone doesn't look at it long enough, it works. So you just keep on going. Do you think a woman would actually be fighting with an exposed midriff? Like, you know, like, yeah, there, the are, there are other so, things going on here. <laughs> I've seen plenty of movies. I know that's exactly how it goes now. It's exactly how it goes. Yeah, documentaries. Uh, th this was one of the, like, pieces that when I saw it in, in its stages like seeing her like this I've, i felt like i had accidentally walked in on somebody like a, a good friend of mine like changing her clothes and i was just like <laughs> oh good lord like like i had no idea <laughs> but like seeing the steps and seeing the process and how it, it came together is really inspiring and so thank Thanks. you so much for like sure. sharing that like the ugly part of creativity but like it also proves that with some you know effort and just like dedication like you can go from this to you know this and yeah i mean i i think that that's absolutely inspiring man <laughs> thanks so the you're doing something right now and i'm gonna go back to regular camera okay because now i'm going to I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you in on my my dirty little secret. Uh, I don't know if you can see it in this light right here. So I've got this new model. Oh yeah, yeah. the uh, uh, player one, or isn't that it? Or is that yeah, yeah, like that? player moon one, moon fairy yeah, player yeah. one, yeah, yeah, or moon fairy o one. Uh, me and another painter, uh, Min Max Minis. We love uh -huh. her so much. She's very good uh, and um, has a very different style of painting than me. Uh, we have kind of challenged each other to do a uh, like pa paint these models on stream, maybe do co-streams, but like uh, to to keep ourselves like like pushing ourselves forward, which uh, is totally thrilling to me because um, 
that's what I would like to do in person. But since uh -huh. we can't do that in, <laughs> in you know modern age, you know she's also in Detroit. I'm in St. Louis. It's a whole thing. A little, little bit of a yeah, a little bit of distance. <laughs> a little distance. Um, when I see this, when I see this model, I see one of your boxes. Okay. And I and I can't get it out of my head. Like so. I see her getting sucked into a like because like the pose is her being like pulled uh, off of her bed and uh -huh. she's, you know, 3D, you know, goggles on. And I'm like, I think that this is a Tron scenario. She's getting sucked into her TV like poltergeist. You know, okay. it's something of that nature, uh, but it's got to be neon. So I've got to have like I got to have pinks. I got to have like turquoises and blues in there. Like I've, I've, I've yeah. got to set the mood with this. But I my inspiration when I look at this is like, you know, when like Neo looks at the Matrix and it's green and there's like a black hole, like uh -huh. I want like there to be an absence of color in there behind her or something that right. is like consuming part of the arm or something like a like a blob going over it. But it's not a physical blob. It is like a, a painted portal behind it or something. I okay. don't know. These are things that like when I think of of, you know, like painting, I think of I'm going to put it on a round base. Okay. <laughs> I might do a little milliput on the, on like a texture and then I, I I walk away like I don't think that no, no, hard no. about it. Um so immediately a couple of a couple of thoughts. Um one cuz literally I was researching it today. Um <laughs> there is a photo of Keanu Reeves in john wick and it was something because i what was I, I was looking up like nighttime scenes or something like that to try to get like atmosphere type ideas in it uh -huh. and it's a scene of him having a, a gunfight in a club and it's just magenta turquoise and blues and a little mm -hmm. bit of yellow look that up because okay. the lighting effects on it are would be perfect for what you're describing it's these like really really strong directional lights and it just makes it makes him look very interesting uh -huh. um so, okay, so the, yeah, I mean, like, on one hand, that figure, to me, invites you to have, like, a round base, because you want to pick it up, you want to turn it, you want to kind of, like, you know, right. look at it from different angles. Yeah. Um, I don't even know who the artist is, but I saw uh, a guy, he did, like, this kind of futuristic female Russian cosmonaut one time that was kind of in a similar pose. He literally took it though and said so that the head wasn't at the top, it was at the bottom and her uh -huh. legs were up. So it looked like she was floating through the ship like upside down. <laughs> and it was just a cool different way of doing it. So there, you know, there's like a, you know, like, you know, maybe you could have it so she looks like she's flipped and she's being sucked in, maybe, you know, something like that. Sure. Um, well, I was kind of thinking about it as being like a piece that is like magnetized so you can pick her up. But instead of being a piece like yours that like would look good on a wall, I was kind of think about it like flat, like a bed, <laughs> you know, like, okay. like you would like yeah. uh, have like a cigar chest in it or something. Sure. <laughs> and you're just. Yeah. I mean, the only thing to consider there is you just, you know, you have to arrange it so it's easy for someone to like set it down and like look at it. So like things don't obstruct your, your vision. Right. Um, things on like on like backgrounds um so for instance like uh you were saying like you want an area devoid of color yeah yeah so that is like you so when you start adding in the background how so like when you add a background it's not like adding one layer of complexity it's like uh -huh. adding 25 layers of complexity <laughs> because things kind of like move and shift and like you want to draw the eye, but you can't draw it too much and stuff like that. So yeah. like for instance, um, like when you're kind of creating the background with her, you're going to want it so that probably the area that's devoid of color lines up with her. That way she still stays prominent and there's nothing kind of around her. Right, and you don't want like almost other things to kind of like funnel to that, like um. So maybe getting a little sidetracked, but like so, like with backgrounds, there's a there's a couple of ideas you want to keep in mind, like you know, uh, one things that cause uh, depth and backgrounds. One of them is that the idea that um we we know what certain size things are, uh -huh. so when we alter that, 
it makes us feel like they're either further away or closer. So for instance, if you have like a full figure, but it has a, like a teeny tiny little house behind it, we think that house is further away because we know the house is supposed to be at least as big as the figure is, if not, you know, <laughs> right, right, times right. bigger. It's why a lot of times you'll see people will sometimes do things where they add skulls in pieces because goals we all know what the size of a head is because we look at them all the time and right, therefore right. we're like okay well th this is kind of the measurement so this is how big everything else is um so like you can use like si relative size of things to kind of create depth within the background sure um another thing to keep in mind the further something is away from you the less detail there is on it like it's right. going to yeah so like you know for instance like i'm working on that that castle with uh with uh, bone tithe right now with catacross yeah. or whatever his name is Let, um, let's go back to that one because it's uh it's awesome seeing that one in the stages that's you got it in both yeah like oh yeah the the comparison one there yeah so yeah like, yeah 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 but like I mean, it's hard to see on the background of the castle, but like, for instance, you don't see each individual brick because you wouldn't see it from that distance, right? It's all right, kind of course. muddled and stuff like that at this point. Um, <clears throat> you probably kind of noticed too, or hopefully, like I'm trying to keep like this kind of dark, darkish background running along with Catacross, like behind him, so I don't take the attention away from him. And then there's almost like this diagonal thing going on with all the elements. Like it's diagonal with him, but the castle's also going down. It's following like that same diagonal that he is. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but then like yeah, but like then with backgrounds too. The further something is away, the more hazy it is. Like there's not the bright lights and there's not the dark darks. It's really kind of more of this gray realm. The further away you go. Sure, um, sure. And then lighting becomes um, a real thing when you're doing the backdrops too, because it's the light that creates like the 3D aspect. Yeah. And, and I was honestly like, uh, when you and I talked the other day, I was like, okay, how do you explain that? And I was like, <laughs> or how do I approach that? And I was like, I honestly don't freaking know. Basically, <laughs> all I can tell you that you, I feel like you do is you pick your one or two major like either features or light sources you paint them in and then you just start sketching things and you sketch them to what you feel is correct and then you eliminate things that don't feel correct and you slightly kind of get bigger and bigger and bigger with it like um even today this is what i was working on and i can tell you like the castle and everything is even more than what it is right now like uh is it yeah, yeah, like there's like a kind of like a, a bridge-like structure going behind like that second lieutenant guy. Um, I went in on the uh, on the moon and changed like some colors on the moons and some features on the moons to you know, kind of make it a little darker, add in more clouds. I want to add some bats to it, but I haven't done that yet. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just stuff like that. I mean, like you, I, you just kind of have to play back and forth with it and, and kind of find out what's right. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, because so like... Do you think that you're going to like I'm just looking at like the close-ups of how you're handling your shadows and how you keep your shadows from just being like oh just put black in there and you got like oh, dark yeah. purple like that's such a, a like already purple and then a dark purple you know like having your two different color uh light sources all that all those little like details those are things that like make your pieces feel so real uh I love here and I hope you don't change this I hope you just leave this like raw brush strokes like this uh -huh. i i absolutely adore that because like I, it, you don't need any more than that it right, gets the right. point across it gets and the point across yeah. i will admit i already changed that today did you <laughs> yeah the, those raw brush strokes are still there but if you look like in between like the bones and everything you see how uh -huh. it's kind of like black right now yeah like i was like looking at it's like man that's really kind of visually boring so i literally just took some of that red magenta and started like splattering it in between all the bones uh -huh. and it created this like depth within it so now it actually looks like it's it's like a, a deeper frame nice. um, so that's, that's something cool. i'll, okay, I'll probably I'm, show I'm off on monday <laughs> that's yeah good. yeah but the, the raw brush strokes are still there good good so do you even paint your backdrops with just standard miniature paint or do you go to yeah. different brands uh for no. that it's just chimera again that's awesome okay uh, all right that makes me feel good because like i'm <laughs> I'm one of those guys that's like, do I have the right tools for the job? And I should. I mean, I should always should, you know, like, and I love how, like, in this photo here, you have your piece of, you know, plastic card that's there. Yeah. And, it's like, just... you, 
it's just this is what is like going to be shown and all the rest is just like it's kind of there you know you're you've, you oh, yeah. no, you don't was, need to focus if it's nobody's going to look at it you got it that was that was the point of that i mean like that photo is i'm like hey look here's what it is and you can see the whole entire all these edges are not done and why would i do them you're never gonna see them no one's ever gonna see them. it'll be like sealed up you know like i mean um uh like it's not something that's even visible in the photo but like catacross like his cloak on the right side is really kind of flat so like i mean between the two pictures you can see i kind of added this this flowy bit next to the shield like on on the other side on this on his right oh yeah yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay I see added there on. you go yeah and it's stage right things. yeah 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 i got stage you. right yes <laughs> yeah and i added it uh to add some flow to the piece but here's the thing in all honesty the seam where that joins his actual cloak is not that smooth, but it doesn't matter because right. no one's ever gonna see it. Right, so I'm like, right. I don't care. I mean, I'm like, I, I know it's like clunky in the back, but the only way for you to see that is for someone to either rip the back off of it or take the figure off, and that's just not gonna happen. So yeah, uh, I think that you have made an amazing idea where like you don't have to paint the boring stuff. You only get to paint yeah. the fun parts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I feel, yeah, if you, um, I don't know, someone once told me, and they were right, if you paint everything to look like, you know, to be all bright and shiny and with details and everything, it ends up being like a Christmas tree, right? Like, you just, you don't see the individual pieces, you just, it, like, you're, you're constantly distracted by everything, so there's got to be this balance, and, and to be honest, I, I struggle with it, like, I mean, I tend to um, sometimes highlight edges way too much, and then... Uh, and then all of a sudden it's like too much background noise and, and that makes it difficult to focus on what you need to. So there's always this like back and forth, back and forth, you know? Of course, sure. Um, yeah, like I, you know, like I said earlier, like, I mean, you know, just people out there, they're impressive with that. Like Roman was a big influence when I was like first starting to to learn. And one thing that always amazed me is he would tell you like in his like little, um, like in his blog and stuff like that, he'd be like, I did this and then it was too much. So I went back to this and then I did this and then it was too much. And I went back to that. And he just, he would he'd go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth until he's finally just happy with it. And that's how I kind of, that's how I kind of think I approach it. Like, I mean, you know, you do something, and you're like, yeah, that looks pretty good. And then, like, two days later, you're like, yeah, it doesn't look so good anymore. <laughs> and so you'd, like, yeah, change yeah, it or yeah. Well, so. and I think that it's really funny that, like, I, you know, and maybe it's the naivete of new new painters, but, like, I, I love watching friends get into it and then being like, all right, this looks so good. I'm so happy for you. Do it again. And, yeah. like, you know, like the way Sam Lenz always talks in his streams and, like, talks in all the, like, tabletop minion videos, like, if it's worth doing once, it's worth doing three times. And, like, I, yeah. I wholeheartedly, like, subscribe to that because if you don't put in that extra time and, and again, like, when you think of, like, a good oil painting, they didn't just paint that. Like, it took multiple steps to get them to the point that it was. Yeah. And, uh, and that... That, I think, is one of those things that, like, if you only give yourself that first pass, even though, like, new paints, like, these Chimera paints, you could first pass everything with that. It is pigmented mm -hmm. enough to it do it. It is very pigmented, yeah. <laughs> it's super pigmented. But, like, why? Like, wh right. what good is it? You know, like, you've, you've only done, you know, a third of the work. Yeah. Yep. But, um, Chris, we're, we're nearing the end of our time. Uh, but I, I, I really, I really appreciate you sitting down. We're, we're, we're now both totally in the dark. We've, yeah. we've, we've got, we've got the spooky murder basement vibes going on, which I love. <laughs> um, I, I adore your work and I have used it as inspiration. I have looked at your daily posts, especially when I was like going through the the worst parts of the beginning of coronavirus when no none of us knew what was going on i used your posts in the adepticant group to uh -huh. just like like they i was like every day you were posting something and and just being like active and it it made me feel good it made me feel oh thanks uh like like it, it, it helped give me focus because uh yeah, like in in all this uncertainty, at least I know that badassery is still happening, and hobbies uh, can still be important. And uh, and and seeing your work always, always just like 
has me floored. So thank you so much for sharing that with with uh, with me purse on a personal level. Thank you so much. But thank you so much for being like such an amazing voice to the hobby. And I, and I hope that you keep on, uh, you know, getting more and more attention for your work, because it, it, it honestly is some of the famous uh, my, my most favorite pieces I've ever seen. Uh, thank you. I, that means a lot. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, do you have any uh, any classes or anything that you're going to be doing? Uh, I know that some people are trying to do online classes. Do you think you're going to get into any of that? Uh, probably not. Honestly, I am. I'll probably keep doing like the weekly posts, and I'm more than willing to talk about whatever people want to talk about if I can help them out and stuff like that. But like, technology is not my friend. The whole entire <laughs> idea of trying to set up stuff and videotape it—it's. The way I see it, that's time I could be painting and relaxing, and I want to do that. So, <laughs> fair, I mean, um, <clears throat> I know they're they're looking towards doing LVO, and I'm I'm not going to be at LVO probably. Mm -hmm. um, but if they do that, maybe they'll do an Adepticon, and I'm guessing if they do Adepticon this year, hopefully Damon will reach out to me and and he'll want us to come back and do classes. I suspect he would. So so maybe yeah. there. Yeah. If uh, I I hope by then we'll have have a better uh grasp on it and you know if not by then maybe by warfare weekend next year maybe yeah. <laughs> which would be awesome uh well chris thank you so much for taking the time tonight thank you for explaining your pieces and your process uh it really means a lot and uh and i i will hit up with you later online because i always do right <laughs> that's right no that sounds that's great right. thanks for having me on all right thanks man take care Thank you for joining me for another episode of Hobby Time in the Murder Basement. I so appreciate your support. If you want to see more hobby content, hop on over to twitch.tv backslash Heath Aldrich to see all of your fun hobby content streaming whenever I get a free chance. If you like listening to these episodes in more of a podcast form, I should be on all of your favorite podcasting apps. Make sure that you like and subscribe to me there. If you can, leave me a five-star review. I'd really appreciate it. Have a nice rest of your day, and we'll be talking to you soon.